0: This is Everyday Leaders. I'm your host, Melanie Ake. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today's guest will share the disciplines that she practices every day that allows her to achieve a life of success. Today's Everyday Leader shares obstacles that she faced from learning to live with the effects of multiple sclerosis to making important trade-offs for her family. These strategies are ones that you too can apply every day to live your life with success. Julie Disbro is my guest today. Everyday Leaders 50 and 50, show 16 starts now. Welcome to the program, Julie. Thank you for having me, how exciting. Gosh, you're here live in the studio. I know, so. <laughs> I found you. We get to see each other. I know, it's so. been forever. I know, it's awesome. And I didn't realize when we really started talking about how we grew up and where we grew up, my grandparents lived really close to your family oh, in yeah? the Rosedale Hills area. I didn't know that. And uh, and we are connected through other friends. But what was funny is after we were both married, we lived in the same apartment building across the hall from each
1: A other. A super small apartment community <laughs> with, uh, what, 24 units. And we ended up across the hall from each
0: hilarious. other. Hilarious. Yeah. So... Uh, it's so fun to be reconnected to you, and I want to bring you on this program, everyday leaders. There's so much that you have to tell and share your story to help others. And so, um, t- take a deep breath, and we're just gonna have a fun little journey today. And I would like to talk, uh, ask you know you to tell us about things that have really made you think about your life um, as you you know been from married now. Twenty nine years later. 29, 29 years of years? summer. Oh my gosh. Yes. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. That's amazing. I oh know. It doesn't amazing? happen much. So what, what's the biggest thing that you've learned through
1: these last 29 years of being married? Just to breathe deeply as much as possible and that everything can change. Nothing is a concrete in life. Everything changes and ebbs and flows. As long as you're working hard and love each other, you'll get through about anything. Yep. And so you've made a lot of changes you
0: know through your life yes and had some trade offs but oh, yeah. um, i talk a lot about leadership lessons and the things that you you just have to think about making a trade off sometimes because you know we're pretty selfish as humans and so giving to others first and thinking like you know this could help our situation as a family and so I know you guys moved for a time out of town.
1: Yes, yes. Um, our youngest daughter had some issues, and she needed to change the scenery. So mm-hmm. we up and moved from the south side to the north side, which is a culture shock in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but it had to be done, so we did it. And it, it has turned out to be the better for all of us, actually. Wow. So,
0: yeah.
1: you know, we talk about environment. is huge. And so if you're around
0: influencers or things that you really need to remove yourself from— uh, that can really make a huge difference that you've learned, yes. um, that you've watched. And, and so what would, I know there were probably a lot of fears, right, when you first decided to say, we're going to do this. We're going to move from the places that we're comfortable with, our family is. So do you, if you think about, if you close your eyes and think about doing,
1: making that decision, what were the fears that you had? Most of the fears were for her and her health. Um, it really was a no-brainer to mm-hmm. pick up and move. I don't, I don't really remember too many fears. I work on the north side, so mm-hmm. I was familiar environmentally with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was just more about making sure she got what she needed. The rest of it just fell into place, and it didn't matter. We just had to, we did what we had to do. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, so you went through that
0: transition period. What do you think, um, and I know you can't really speak for her, but what did you learn
1: through that process? I'm stronger than I think I am. Mm-hmm. Um, our family's strong. My husband is super strong. Mm-hmm. He led us through all of that. Wow, that's yeah.
0: pretty amazing. You, and you have to have that unit. I mean, being married twenty nine years. Yes. You know, and some people may be listening to this program are newlyweds, or they're just kind of in their mid part of their marriage, or they're single, and it's hard to think about a partnership you know, with
1: another, one other person that... One person's strong and, some, but, and the other one may not be. And you just lean on each other in times like that. You totally have to yep. lean on each other. So um,
0: that's so important, the message of just opening yourself up, being that vulnerable person to know that that other person in your life is maybe that stronger one. And, and then you may be the stronger one in some some points. Yes. But um, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about your health um situation because I am very passionate. I used to work at an organization, uh the MS Society here uh-huh. in Indiana and so um as somebody that has MS, yes. and I have a cousin now that's been diagnosed with MS. It's everywhere. And it's it is everywhere and it's you know, I'm not going to say our age but maybe somebody can figure it out. <laughs> but it's typical of women um, not always women, but mostly. But, but people, yeah, mostly women that are diagnosed in their mid-life, uh-huh. right, when everything else is happening. And so they talk about stress factors or just immune systems, and you don't, we still really don't, don't know, know anything. Um, but talk to me about how that feels. You know, I know that you t- talk to me about you don't really have those symptoms as much, but what does that process look like when when you are diagnosed as you could have symptoms of ms or you have ms and help us understand just educate us on the disease and kind of where you are
1: well i was i had my first symptoms in october of i think 2010 And I was diagnosed very quickly, uh, within 11 months. By August of 2011, I had a diagnosis, which is rare. Most times it takes lots of testing, lots of frustration. Not that there wasn't that, because there was. Um, But luckily I um, I had a fall in the house and ended up with some back pain. So I went to an orthopedic guy and got shots in my back and, you know, did some physical therapy, and none of that helped. And he was smart enough to recognize my symptoms and sent me to a neurologist. Wow! And from there, we did the MRIs and the spinal taps and the evoked potentials. And like I said, within 11 months, I had a diagnosis. That's really so lucky. I was lucky, and, and I didn't have terrible symptoms, but they were enough you know, to, to warrant investigation. Mm-hmm. So, so for people that aren't familiar with that, what, can you talk to us about those symptoms? Um, I had numbness and tingling in my right leg. Um, my, the ball of my foot felt like it was on ice is my big toe and the ball of my foot was on ice. Mm-hmm. I had some weakness in my right leg as well. Most of it was down the right side of that leg, and um, that's just where it has manifested and pretty much stayed mm-hmm. for the most part. So do, you, um, so do you feel that coming on, or is that just kind of a constant? I haven't really felt it much in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very lucky that the, the, the things that I have implemented have helped me. So um, Dr. Walls, the Walls Protocol, I can't say enough about that. There's a book out there. You have to get it if you need it. Mm-hmm. It's just awesome. We'll link that definitely to your, yeah. to your stuff. She has a foundation. Sure. She works through the Iowa, Iowa University, I think. Wow. Yeah, she's a, she had progressive MS. She was in a tilt recline wheelchair and was on all, you know, all the meds that they put you on and mm-hmm. they tried everything and it didn't work. She put together a diet. Wow. And supplements and got herself out of the wheelchair. She's riding horses, riding bikes. And it's just a testament to the the power of nutrition. That is amazing. And you talk, people talk about
0: that all the time. You know, you turn on QVC and everybody's trying to sell a vitamin pill or juice plus or whatever. Right. I mean, I take juice plus (laughs) (laughs) advertisement. Um, But it's important because people don't pay t- attention enough to our health. We say, oh, well, we eat fruits and vegetables or we're cutting back on carbs or we're trying to diet, but it's really having a healthy lifestyle.
1: Right. And it's so easy to take a pill. Mm-hmm. You know, everything's about medicine and it really needs to be less about medicine and more about taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. So what strategies, what did you change from her protocol? Well, I did um, Avinex, one of the shots for six months. I was Motivated by my family to mm-hmm. not not do any treatment because it's such a progressive disease, and you don't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, everything's unknown, so I did it. I jumped in. I, I I had done some research, and I wasn't really sure that I wanted to, but they convinced me that, okay, let's try this. So I did six months of it, and I felt terrible. Mm-hmm. It's like giving yourself the flu every week. You know you give the shot on Friday night, you're sick all weekend mm-hmm. because you got to go to work on Monday, so you try to get through the symptoms and go through you know, so you can go to work on Monday. And after six months of that, I just couldn't do it anymore. And uh, luckily, a friend of mine turned me on to Dr. Walls, mm-hmm. and I started implementing just the, the diet as as best I could, cutting out the carbs and adding the vegetables, mm-hmm. juicing as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm sure no sugars and well, is, yeah. is minimal, right? Yeah. Well, healthy sugars. Yeah. <laughs> Not the refined ones, but yeah, the healthy ones. <laughs> Well, it's so, uh, so
0: as you started doing this, how, how quickly did you notice like that that was going to work for you?
1: Well, the shots, after I stopped the shots within about a month, I felt tremendously better. The flu fog was gone and I felt a lot better. Um, I'd say with the, the diet and stuff, it was a good four or five, maybe six months before I really noticed that I wasn't feeling any of the symptoms anymore. Mm -hmm. Wow. So you're pretty lucky because so many patients that I saw
0: and worked with and some of the support groups it was really sad to see, you know, everybody's at different stages, and so you kind of have to go in and, and understand where they are in that progression. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had so many great volunteers at the chapter here, and I, wonderful memories. I have a great friend that I did some fundraising with back then, and we're still like, how many years ago has that been? <laughs> Time flies. But um, And I've also known patients that have, you know, died died from the progressive, complications. yeah, complications and uh, and it's just really sad because it touches so many families. And it's and so different for everybody. It's so different for everybody. Yes. Yeah. So, well, thank you for sharing
1: that. Yeah, you're and welcome. It's, um, so here, are you involved in the local chapter at all? No, I haven't been. For me, it's... Shame on you. I know. It's <laughs> terrible, but I don't feel bad and... Unfortunately, it hurts me to be around people that it feels so bad when I don't. And I I know that's probably the wrong way to look at it, but it's hard for me to put myself around that kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. I go about it different ways by talking to people when I can and, you know, that kind of thing. Well, yeah. Well, you definitely
0: should share your story because... I, it's so important I'm learning from this process that people really connect to someone that's either experiencing that or you've gone through it, and they really need to just say, "Hey, I'm not the only one right right, and there are solutions, and so, like you've said today, Dr. Walls has a diet regimen, mm-hmm. so maybe people that are experiencing this that can't find the right
1: neurologist yes um, can get connected because you can do that by yourself, you don't need a doctor to change your diet mm-hmm. You just need a plan you, you don't. <laughs> You mean I don't need to go to a doctor for them to tell me to do that, right? No. (laughs) Come on.
0: (laughs) So you're saying in a leadership conference, I could actually do something myself about that? Yes. (laughs) Take control of your life, right? Exactly, yes. Oh, that's great. But it's so true. And people just go, oh, well, if somebody else doesn't tell me to do it, then, you know, I'm not going to change. And it's that fear. But... I love how you tried this. It worked, and you're staying to it. The strategy's working for you, and and here you are. Yes. Right?
1: Walking and talking normal. Walking and talking normal. So knock on wood. Yes.
0: <laughs> right? Yes. Um, all right. So thank you for that leadership lesson. was sure. awesome. So when you have stress today, because everybody
1: thinks MS is brought on by stress, do you have stress in your life? Oh, yes. All yes, right. I have lots of stress right now. My husband and I lost our business last year oh, gosh. and it created more stress in our lives than um, probably everything combined. Mm-hmm. So it's been, the last year has been really tough to the point where I ended up having panic attacks in the ER because I didn't know what the panic attack was, even though i would had them off and on through my life. Um, so I've turned to meds for the first time ever, mm-hmm. um, reluctantly. Um, so I'm, I'm on an as-needed basis. I recently added CBD oil, now that it's legal here, to mm-hmm. use. And have not used the meds so much in the last three or four weeks. So, Those oils, I'm telling you, they
0: really have changed so many people. Mm-hmm. And so if, you ha- if they haven't tried it. Right,
1: they right, need to try it. For that, for pain, for mm-hmm. um, just anxiety. That, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's that's, definitely helped. That's awesome. And you can get that now. Yeah, there's a store down the
0: street. hmm Wonder, on the south side that is. <laughs> yes, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if you live in the Southport area, you can go get that down the street. Yes. I passed it uh, on the way here. <laughs> well, that's um but that's so important for people to understand. So we're learning a ton from you. So tell me, um, as you've gone through this, like this is awesome, thank you. But who inspires you, who helps you just keep your faith and keep focused on tomorrow, you know with losing a business, with having MS, with having you've moved, you've come back to your environment, yeah. like that's a lot. Yeah. So who has helped you remain inspired through all this?
1: Um, my husband mostly. Yeah. He is so persistent um, and consistent. He's such a support through everything, even though in the beginning of the MS thing he was one of those that wanted me to do the shot. When I said I wasn't going to do it anymore, he was like, okay, let, you know, whatever we got to do, this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. He's always been behind me every day. That's fabulous. And my folks as well. My dad is super. He is the, probably the biggest inspiration in my life. He's he's an amazing man. He is an amazing yeah. man. That's so cool. And, you know, people that don't have those that support group, we always talk
0: about, it doesn't have to be family. Right. You know, it can just be those circle of friends that you could call on in the middle of the night to take you to the ER to come get your kids, to do whatever that is that they know that they put their life on hold mm-hmm. so they can do things for you to help. Right. Uh, and that is so critical because um, I, just, I coach a lot of people and they say, oh, I don't have that. And so you have to go get that.
1: You have to find that. Well, and you might be surprised where you find it.
0: You might be surprised mm-hmm. where you find it. That's yeah. exactly right. So important. So your daughter, mm-hmm. right? Now she's, she's grown up and... Doing very well. Doing very well. Yeah, yes. What do you think her takeaway is, as she looks back at her parents, that, that kind of gave up a lot and moved to help her in this environment? I know you, you can't speak for her. No, it's what, her story. But, but what do you see? What do you see that changed, you know, her kind of
1: perception or her attitude towards life? I think she just grew up. She just matured. Because, that you know, when that happened, she was 15. She's going to be 21 in a couple of weeks. So, wow. you know, um, being in, high, in college... Seeing other kids, other families, and realizing that you know maybe we're not so crazy. You Mm -hmm. know, we did what we could for her. Mm -hmm. So I think she saw. Looking back, she can see it differently now. Definitely different than she saw at fifteen. Well, kids, you know, us having kids that
0: are in that age group, it's really hard because we think, well, how did we feel when we were that age? But there are so many other influences in the world today. Um, We do a lot of things on bullying and self-esteem, but. Social media plays such a huge role in in mm-hmm. everybody's life, not just kids. But it's having that capacity to understand that that's not really reality. You know, it is a sense of just on the computer and what you read. But that um, really initiates emotion. And it drives out people to say that that's real right now. And it's so hard to get people to understand, even adults, right? That yes. That's That's just not... Not necessarily Mm -hmm. um, directed at you, but that's how you feel when you read something. So um, I'm just, I'm trying to find, right, the better way and find people that can help with influencing on social media because I think it's really, it's huge.
1: (laughs) It could be a great avenue, but it's also very detrimental. Very detrimental.
0: Very detrimental. So as we kind of change, I mean, who knows what's coming in the next 10 to 15 years, right? It
1: changes so quickly.
0: It's all changing Mm -hmm. so fast. And so we've got to, try to put those measurements in place so as as our kids become adults you know they have strategies to say this is a foundation I know that my parents support me my grandparents support me I have this faith that tomorrow's going to be better uh, and that they can make it through right what the struggles are so um, I know thanks for sure I should have your daughter on the program too. yeah you should yeah that's so many stories hopefully she'll come to our leadership conference in march and we'll get some stories out of her maybe maybe (laughs) um so talk to me about you know right now do you have you've gone through so much do you we talk about limiting beliefs you know thinking that i can't do that or
1: or maybe we'll get to a time where we could try that again but do you have those fears today i think of myself as an extremely shy introverted person and she's not uh, <laughs> i am most of the time um so those are my limiting beliefs mm-hmm. that i that i can't get up and talk in front of people it's very hard for me mm-hmm. this this is a stretch for me here at least i thought it was till i sat down and started and see yeah see so, where you are yeah You're sometimes doing- you just got to fight fight through it take the, take the chance and go for it
0: well i think you have a great story to tell so i want to encourage you to continue to do this because it's really important we all when I was going through this whole leadership learning it's telling your story and that authenticity can really connect to people right and so maybe you'll maybe you'll be doing talks maybe you'll write a book about your life maybe. I'm still
1: young there's there could be
0: another career out there you then know could be a whole nother career what are your thoughts going forward do you have
1: any? Any dreams that you want to go after? Well, I definitely have blog issues. You know, I, I've got stuff written like crazy on a flash drive that could probably fill a blog for a long time. Uh-huh. Um, I'm definitely a better writer than I am speaker, so that's that's where my comfort zone has been for my entire life. Uh-huh. I've always been writing poetry or stories or, you know, anything like that, journaling. Um I've also, since this whole MS thing, thought about health coaching uh-huh. and, and, you know, getting a certificate and, and starting that way as well. That would be fabulous for yeah. people. Really? You should do that. Yeah, because the lady that turned me on to the Dr. Walls, mm-hmm. that's what she had just started, a health coaching program. Mm-hmm. And it was um, in November of 2011. And this, I think this was Dr. Walls' first TED Talk is what this friend of mine directed me to and had that friend not been in the health coaching class and Dr. Walls not had put together her program mm-hmm. who knows where i'd be right now wow see it's all it's that power of connection mm-hmm.
0: and timing mm-hmm. just being able to be open to it mm-hmm. right and say well my doctor might tell me this but there i think my message to people in this is i've been in healthcare for a long time and just because you are connected you feel connected to one physician or one protocol look outside for things that Explore those possibilities, right. right? Because there are solutions
1: maybe right in front of you um, that you can tap into. Yeah, my doctor calls my progress a, a placebo effect. <laughs> really? Because I don't take any meds. Yeah. So, well, we'll just make sure of that. We'll just check back with you on that.
0: That would be wonderful. Yes, I'll take that. <laughs> um, so, So as you, you know, think about the next 20 years, you could be a writer like wordpress.com is super easy yes. right to write this to start this blog mm-hmm. and to kind of take that next step into that communication so do you think you know you might go there
1: yeah i definitely might go there yeah i
0: I can see that for sure i want to encourage you to do that because i just i see the power of uh, what you have been through uh, and there are again a lot of people that just need to understand how they can just pick up and make some decisions mm-hmm. and have more power in their life. Even if they're scary decisions. Sometimes you just have to. Even if they're scary decisions. Yeah. So what are you reading? What, what
1: books inspire you today? Um, self-help books, The Wall's Protocol is yeah. definitely on my list. I have a book that I just started. Um, it's Quiet. Uh, let me think. of It's by Susan Kane. It's The Power of the Introvert in a World That Can't Stop Talking. Uh-huh. I just started that one. It's very interesting to see how we've evolved from a society that was introverted and quiet and communal to how extroversion became the norm and then how somebody like me who's more introverted, how we fit into that and how we can have power within that. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. And I'm only a little bit into it, so. Yeah.
0: Well, and so, and I talk, well, so many friends that we've talked lately about this isolation you know, Facebook and and social media again. I don't I don't want to say I'm old, but <laughs> but you kind of are older than I am. <laughs> stop it! You sometimes feel really isolated. Yes. You know, you're in this world that you think you know what's going on with everybody because you watch them, right? You scroll through and you're like, oh, like, 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 love, comment. But then when you go out into the world to an event, you see somebody and it's like, oh, well, I already know everything. I've caught up with you. Right. And it's really there hard is for us to do face to face communication. That's true. We're losing that social skill. So it's, you know, I don't know how to change that, but Me either. But that book may help it you might, yeah. kind of understand, blog about that and teach us about that, okay? Yes. <laughs> that would be critically important. Um, so, what do you think um, the next step, I and mean, kind of when we talk about leadership and personal development and things that you can, do a lot of things talk about consistency and influence and just being aware of your situation, and you have taken us through a lot of that, and the last kind of chapters are looking at who you are and then how you can help others so do you believe if if you as an introvert I'm asking this <laughs> if you do a blog, do you feel that power of connecting people to that?
1: Yes. I think there is a lot of power in connecting people with blogs because it is social. We're all on a computer or a phone or something. And for me, I read most of the time. I don't talk a lot. I work in an office with four executives. I'm the only female. I'm the only admin. There's nobody else. I've been there for almost 13 years. So Mm -hmm. I don't have the opportunity to develop friendships that normal people do Mm -hmm. when they work in an environment with other people on their same level. Mm -hmm. So I I am isolated in that fact. And I haven't pushed myself outside of that to make friends outside of Facebook. And like you said, we check it off. We like (laughs) this and love that. And you feel like you're connected, but you really aren't. So Mm -hmm. for me, I need to get out and and push myself to meet with people and have dinners and, you know, do those kinds of Mm -hmm. things. So those are goals that I have to get myself out there and connect. Mm-hmm. And I think that a blog also will help people connect and maybe give me more things to talk about. Mm-hmm. So, so
0: a lot of people talk to me about like, you know, the first thing I coach them through is try to do a Facebook live or try to do an Instagram live, right? Cause it's, you're not in front of people, you're doing it in your own environment, right. but it's putting yourself out there being vulnerable mm-hmm. to like, okay, I have a message. Yes. And so that's, that's really scary because then you're like, it's on there forever. I'm like, you can delete it. <laughs> <laughs> good. <laughs> but it is, it, it is exactly what you said. I think there's so many people that work from home now. Oh, yes. You know, all these companies are saying, eh, we don't want to pay overhead for that. But if
1: you could work from home. then if you don't have a good social structure or, you know, a group of people that you commune with, you lose a lot of that and you do become isolated mm-hmm. very easily. So
0: the message here is get up and do something to try to be more social. Connect and in person. Connect in person. That's so important. Maybe the strategy is once a week meet with friends for coffee or margaritas or whatever, yeah, whatever. it is that can... Uh, margaritas are good. Margaritas are good <laughs> to soothe your soul. Yes. But it's it's really critical in this changing in, environment yes, that we it live is. in. So. Thanks for that leadership lesson. I love I'm it. am glad I had some. Of course you did. And you know, When I called you, you said, I don't know that I have anything to share. Yep. Look, look what you've taught us today. That's awesome. So um, anything else that you want to tell us that's going on?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> My other daughter's about to get married, if that counts for anything. That's awesome. Yes, that's exciting. That's very yes. exciting. Yeah. So will she still live here yeah. locally? Yeah, they bought a house local, very close to us. So that is part of moving home was that benefit. You know, we're we're right here now. So we can call and have dinner just like that. And that's exciting. That is wonderful. Yeah. So that'll help you kind of get out of your... Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. All right. Yeah. Well, um Thank you so much for being on this program today. Thank you for asking me and, yeah. and pushing me to get out of my comfort zone. Well. It's it's always good to, to face your fears and get out and, and overcome those things because you become stronger on the other side. Yep. yep. I can't wait to see what you're going to do next. Me either. I'm excited. <laughs> well, have a great 2018.
0: Now, remember, uh, there's going to be a journal for this 50 and 50 Everyday Leaders. Yes. And then we're going to have the Leadership Conference March 2nd at the Art Museum. So Julie will be there to talk to all of my listeners. I'll do my best, yes. She will be fantastic. So thank you very much. Best of luck to you and your health and keep on your diet and your plan and uh, all the best. Thank you very much for having
1: me. This is awesome. Awesome. Thanks.
0: Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Leadership Summit is coming to Indianapolis, Saturday, March 2nd, 2019. Join me along with the 50 and 50 guests from Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. This exclusive event will take place at the beautiful Newfields Indianapolis Museum of Art on Saturday, March 2nd, 2019. You won't want to miss this one-of-a-kind leadership workshop where you will personally engage with these 50 leaders and learn how to apply their strategies to live your life with success. Don't miss this opportunity. You can be a part of this exclusive inaugural leadership summit here in Indianapolis, March 2nd, 2019. Early bird registration begins on April 20th, 2018 remember there's limited space available so reserve your spot now. If you know of anyone that would be interested in sponsoring this exclusive event, please have them contact me directly at make at makeconnectionsforlife.com. Thank you for following the podcast of everyday leaders 50 and 50.